The Jazz. Schools. Also going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports, wife carrying. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Oh, just another day of uh, breaking news and new stuff to talk about. And yeah, nothing new ever happens during the summer, right? <laughs> ever? That's summer's the, the dead period. Yeah, that, w- that, was, that was the rule. Summer's the dead period. I guess. <laughs> Not quite. No, there's been plenty to talk about. Uh, we'll break down what happened last night in the Summer League, keeping an eye on... Justin Bean, Amish Keta, how did they do? What did the Jazz look like? Uh, any new rumors surfacing about Donovan Mitchell? As uh, Boy, there was some more stuff last night that there's more uh, smoke to this uh, these reports than perhaps we realized from earlier this week. Um, and uh, who the who would, I guess I should say, which suitors are moving to the top of the list and what could they potentially offer? But, um, Probably one of the bigger items of the day is just this afternoon, the Mountain West announcing what their schedule rotation is going to look like starting next football season after they dump divisions. And so there's a, the, the theory behind it is that everybody plays everybody over a uh, the, the span of uh, – during the three – well, I'll read it straight from the release just to make sure we get it right – during a three-year cycle, so this is 2023, 24, and 25, all teams will face nine of the 11 opponents twice. Once at home, once on the road. But here's the kicker. There'll be two opponents in each of the three years. And so the two opponents for USU, the two teams that will always be on the schedule are going to be Boise State and San Diego State. That was that was a surprising one, San Diego State. I mean, I think a lot of us maybe kind of wanted at least one or the other of San Diego State and Boise State because there's kind of this, these rivalry feelings building, especially with San Diego State. Um, but to get both of them, one, that's tricky because it's a harder schedule, but I think pretty much everyone was expecting Wyoming to be one of those teams. Uh, geographically it fits more and then it's you know in football you know there's a trophy involved there's a traveling trophy right. involved in that Richard's game. rifle so which despite being a giant gun is only the second best traveling trophy in the mountain west <laughs> so uh i'm i'm shocked at this uh, the boise state thing doesn't really surprise me it's the closest team geographically to utah state um but I'm, I guess it's twofold for me that the surprise. I I understand why Boise State would be on Utah State's rotation. I was a little surprised that Utah State would be on Boise's rotation. 
Uh, I thought for sure Boise would have San Diego State and Fresno. Uh, I thought those would be the teams the Mountain West would try to find a way to ensure that its highest-profile teams would play each other every year, for sure. Yeah, and that's what you want because that's when you could potentially get these mid-season matchups, say if they're playing a, a San Diego State or a Fresno State. And, you know, Boise State's usually can get into the rankings, and then San Diego State and Fresno State obviously have shown an ability to get into the rankings fairly consistently. So it draws TV eyes because to the casual you know, observer, maybe somewhere out in SEC country, you know, if they're suddenly they see on CBS, it's number 19 Boise State versus number, you know, 22 San Diego State. That's an appealing matchup. Oh, it's two top 25 teams. That's what you'd want to try and maybe look into. Obviously, you can't foresee that. But when putting these, you know, marquee uh, schools against each other, at least in football, you're more likely to luck into that. Okay, so uh, Full Court Press text line is open. If you want to weigh in, uh, reacting to the future uh, scheduling, uh, I guess the uh, lack of a better term, schedule, uh, just the the format that the Mountain West is going with, uh, do you like that Utah State will face Boise State and San Diego State each year for the next three years? Um, and, And now we have the... Proof in the pudding. We know what the conference schedule is going to look like for the next three years. We don't have to wait the next summer to find out or next spring to find out what the conference schedule is going to look like. It's all laid out now for the next three years. So 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in on the news today about how the Mountain West is going to schedule conference games for the next few years. Yeah, 9315, he's already popped in. uh, Maybe the Mountain West is seeing USU as a football powerhouse now. Uh, in the Mountain West, and maybe that's a possibility. Uh, we've seen some decent consistency from USU in the last, you know, five or six years, except for that that one year that we don't need to talk about. But that is a possibility. Maybe they're seeing Utah State could become a consistent team, but it's surprising because that puts a lot of trust in Utah State. They've not really proven that yet. I mean, San Jose State had a really good year, right? And, you know, they weren't this, so it'd basically be like showing that level of trust. I mean, Utah State's obviously not quite down on the level of San Jose State, obviously, but, you know, it'd be like showing that level of trust to somebody who hasn't quite proven it in the way that teams like San, or San Diego State and Fresno State have. Yeah, but, uh, well, Utah State has only appeared in two conference championships. There really have only been two, maybe you could argue three years where Utah State in their entire time in the Mountain West have been a down team. Every other year, they're at least a a bowl team, bowl-eligible team. So Utah State, while being a member of the Mountain West Conference, has been a solid program. When you look at the entirety of its time in the Mountain West Conference, it's been a really good program. And uh, two trips to the Mountain West Conference championship game, another year where they could have, but because of tiebreakers and Things like that, they weren't able to go. So uh, it, I'm pleasantly surprised to see how the Mountain West values Utah State in this kind of a scenario where like they're going to put their best products against each other to get maximum TV value and maximum opportunity for the conference championship game so that the best team, whomever comes out of that, gets a better uh, opportunity or better path, I should say, 
to the biggest bowl payout as possible. Yeah. And Utah State's in that company. Yeah, and I think, I mean, maybe one reason is they don't ever want to have Utah State get into the championship game and not having played Boise. Of course, they've never been able to do that anyway. They've always had to face Boise State to get into the... Of course, I think both times they went to the championship game, they lost. Or they, they had lost to Boise. That's true. And still gotten into the championship game. That's very true. Uh, 9315 adds, I love that we face Boise and San Diego State because it makes us have a better schedule. Yeah, it does. In, in terms of the rankings, which I guess the way the college football is headed, we may not get to pay attention to the rankings anymore um, <laughs> down the line. Um, but yeah, it, it could help, you know, with bowls and things like that and getting some respect. And you could end up it, – it raises the ceiling for Utah State. And if they have another one of those really great years, the 2012s, 2018s, and, and even last year to a degree. So it, it does raise the ceiling where when people always, you know, scoff at their schedule, now we can say, well, we played the two best teams in the Mountain West. You know, fairly likely that they're the two best teams in the Mountain West. They're both on our schedule. So it's a possibility. Uh, we, we just got this, so we're still kind of going through it. But one of the things that I looked at is that if you looked at last year's teams and you looked at last year's – I'm going full regular season, not just limiting it to conference record. But if you look at the entirety of uh, the, these teams and their overall records, when we look at next year's schedule for Utah State – they will face five teams who were bowl eligible in 2021. So that's pretty average for the Mountain West. The extremes are that Colorado State will face seven teams who were bowl eligible in 2021. And on the other side, it's Hawaii who will only face four. Now, granted, it's hard to project what teams might look like and who's going to be bowl eligible or not in the future, especially in 2025. But it gives you an idea of what the schedule looks like and who these teams are going to be facing. Uh, San Diego State, they have six teams uh, on their schedule who were bowl eligible a year ago. Um, Boise State, five. So the, the league average is five. But there are a couple that will face six in the, the extreme for uh, Colorado State at seven. Yeah. And that's just the way that these kind of schedules do, when you do rotating, you can't play literally everyone. It's not like basketball where you get to play everyone. You know, there's going to be times where maybe you miss the good team or you miss the bad teams, things like that. That's just the way these rotations go, and you just hope that everything's mostly even. Inevitably, there's – discrepancies, there's things where teams get tougher schedules, it happens. You can't really blame the schedule makers for that. Um, I will say the one interesting thing when it comes to planning out these, you know, these two, what do they call They call them pods or something like that, the the two teams that you're supposed to play. I feel like San Diego State got the easiest one. I mean, granted, their schedule next year looks like maybe it's still difficult, but San Diego State, the two teams they're supposed to play, I believe it's Hawaii and New Mexico. Um, At least from the source that I got. San Diego State? Yeah, San Diego State. Supposed to play Hawaii and New Mexico, I think. Well, Utah State would be one of them. Utah State's one oh, of them. Why? That's true. Well, that uh, makes no sense then. This list that I got makes no sense then at all. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'm looking over their schedule, and 
Yeah, they don't they don't play New Mexico next year. Okay, well the list I got is totally wrong. <laughs> now that might My be apologies for not vetting that. So Boise has New Mexico as their other team opposite Utah State. So they New, Boise State will play New Mexico at home next year, um, on the road in twenty four, and then at home in uh, in twenty five. Uh, San Diego State. I'm just looking at them, trying to figure out who their rotation teams are. Yeah, see, I just got one. I got somebody else's list, and some of them are right. Like it has Boise State's right, Utah State's right. But yeah, San Diego State's. Yeah, you mentioned it. Utah State's not on there. It's a San Diego State's tour, Hawaii, New Mexico. Okay. I probably should have thought that through. You'd think that I would think. <laughs> well, uh, I. I I like the uh, the idea in principle. Now we uh, I had a chance to speak with John Hartwell back in May when this was first being proposed. It had only been talked about for just a few weeks, if even that. And I had him on our show and asked him about this possibility and what it might look like for Utah State in this new scheduling situation. Here's what he had to say about who Utah State's regular opponents could be i'm not at liberty to say in in the who who our two permanent uh opponents would be for those three years but uh one of them is a very familiar face and the other one while people may not think of them right off the bat as a natural rivalry i think uh i I think people will be pleased with who our teams are going to be and again i I think we're going to be able to get that finalized here um probably in the next four to six weeks. Oh, and here we are on uh, July 14th, almost eight weeks, but it took a little bit longer. But it looks like um, you know, San Diego State, their two regular opponents on their schedule are Utah State and Hawaii. Yeah. So they will they'll travel to Hawaii in 23. They will host the Warriors uh, in uh, 24 and then travel there again in 25. Yeah. So I guess uh, with with my own mistake outside the window there, uh, it seems like they've done a pretty good job with these little, again, pods. I, I feel like I heard someone call them pods, and now that's stuck in my head. I don't think that's in the press release. <laughs> yeah. I but know. I heard, I think someone called them that in a tweet at some point, and now it's stuck in my head. But I think they've done a pretty good job with those. Um, and then at that point, you just try and wing it as best you can like they've done with, you know, these full conference schedules, try and make it so, you point out those discrepancies where Colorado State's playing, you said seven um, teams that were bowl eligible last year? Yes. So you, you try and hope that that doesn't play out, you know, you know, maybe somebody only plays three and whatnot, so you, you just kind of hope that doesn't happen. Because it can be really hard to schedule these three or four years in advance and have them be even. Right, so it, it, you look at the top teams, and we'll 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 say Boise, Fresno, San Diego State, Utah State, and I'll even throw Air Force in there. Those are the, the top teams in the Mountain West Conference regularly. Yeah. So the the opponents that Air Force will face in their pod, if we're going to call it that, they will face Wyoming and Colorado State. Okay. Those are regional, not too far from each other. But it's interesting that they're both in the mountain time zone. 
uh, Boise State, Utah State, and New Mexico. Fresno State, Nevada, and San Jose. San Diego State, USU, and Hawaii. And Utah State, Boise State, and San Diego State. The biggest thing that jumps out to me is that Utah State has the most challenging pod of those that we just mentioned. Yeah, everyone seems to have one difficult team and one easier team, or maybe two kind of in the middle. Yes. There seems to be a balance with everyone except Utah State. So it it is a little weird that Utah State just, and maybe that's just kind of the way it is, because the good teams and bad teams don't necessarily line up evenly, maybe. So you may not be able to just match them up evenly. So maybe Utah State was just the one that that they had to just say, all right, good luck. There's some benefits and there's some cost and benefits to it. I mean, 9315, I mean, you said we have a better schedule. Better schedule has benefits, but it does obviously have uh, – it's a tougher schedule, so obviously it's there's some drawbacks there. Well, it's also kind of interesting. Colorado State, Air <laughs> Force, and, uh, and Wyoming, they're lumped together. Those three schools – they just take turns, like who's hosting whom. Uh, it, it's it's not broken up. Those three schools are tied together, whereas you know Utah State has a different opponent, uh, and San Diego State has a different opponent. Boise State has a different opponent, besides the ones that they're connected to. Yeah. But those three schools, they just they are in a round robin. Yeah, geography doesn't really seem to have been much of a influence into this. No, or or traditional rivalries. Yeah, because we thought, you know, with Utah State, maybe Boise and Wyoming, because geography and rivalry kind of mix there. Boise State kind of sticks around, but then randomly San Diego State. And with Boise, they play New Mexico. So it's like the the geography doesn't make tons of sense. No, yeah, Wyoming and Colorado State, that's a big rivalry. The border war, right? Those two schools aren't really that far from each other. That makes sense. Uh, Fresno State and San Diego State. Don't they have like the oil can or they have a trophy game? Which, which ones? Fresno State and San Diego State. Don't they have a trophy that they play for? I can't remember. Like the old oil can or something like that. I don't but, I only remember two traveling trophies from this conference. The Bridgers Rifle and the Fremont Cannon. Uh, I have to look it up. I swear there was one between Fresno and San Diego State. Let's use, let's use the power of Google. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so some of these I'm a little surprised at, others not so much. Um, but for Utah State, great opportunity for them, right, to play some great opponents and improve their resume on the regular. So in 2024, excuse me, 2023, next year, the conference opponents that will travel to Logan include Boise State, Colorado State, Fresno State, and Nevada. Now, three of those four were bowl eligible last year. On the road, they'll travel to Air Force, New Mexico, San Diego State, and San Jose State. Now, we don't know the dates when these games are going to happen, but we know the opponents. We know who's going to be home and who's going to be on the road. Yeah, and just to update, the old oil can does appear to be a thing. Between Fresno and, and uh, San Diego State. So. Oh, thank you. I'm not, I wasn't losing my mind. No, not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. Uh, 0513 on the full court press text line. 
Uh, well, with those better games, we're going to get more viewers for TV, continuing being on the national stage. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, Utah State is likely to get uh, a, a more favorable position on a national broadcast with those opponents, with those games. Yeah, like I said, it'll, it'll, it'll help them out. And if they end up being good, then obviously that, you know, that raises that even more. Uh, but obviously matching up with Boise State, that's been giving Utah State CBS games, like full-on flagship CBS games, which is huge. And maybe a big enough, uh, hyped-up enough San Diego State-Utah State uh, matchup could come close to doing the same. Maybe not, but may come close. And if they're both ranked, they could really draw some eyes. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in on the Mountain West uh, football schedule release and how they're going to handle not having divisions and who's on the regular rotation for Utah State. Uh, more on that. We'll also get into NBA trade rumors. There are some trade deals apparently happening today, or not necessarily trade deals, but free agency deals. Free agency signings. And how that might affect uh, the Utah Jazz. Certainly keeping an eye on that. How did Justin Bean and Amish Keta look last night in the Summer League? Uh, and we'll have pick six. The return of pick six has been put on hold for a little while. Jason's been trying his best to hold on to his championship. Taking a page out of Ben Simmons' book. <laughs> you, you can't lose if you're not in the game. There you go. Perfect. That's right. Uh, so we'll get to that a little bit later on as we try to predict what might happen this weekend. So we'll get into that coming up in about four minutes. Uh, uh, hotter weather. can be tough on your vehicle. We talked about this a lot. So make sure you take it into Valvolinians and oil change. <laughs> located across from Angie's, and they'll get your vehicle in there, get it serviced, and get you back out on the road quickly because they've got that Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life oil, which is better for these hotter months. That's Valvoline Instant Oil Change at 695 North Main in Logan. Do you have a broken appliance? Save money and repair your appliance with Daryl's today. Maybe you'll decide you need to purchase new. If so, you can apply up to $95 of your service call toward an appliance purchase. We reduce the risk when you choose Daryl's. It's a unique deal only we can offer you. See our store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. This is Gene Needham of S.E. Needham Jewelers. If you are in the market for a diamond engagement ring, I would like to personally invite you to visit our store. With our beautiful selection of rings and broad diversity in style, you are sure to find a ring you'll love. You'll enjoy our quiet atmosphere as you view our beautiful selection of diamonds. We grade each diamond twice in order to assure exactness in the diamonds we present. Shop and compare, and then come to the Diamond Engage Ring Store, where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit the Elements restaurant.com for reservations today. 
Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. The results are in for the 2022 Best of Northern Utah Contest. Presented by Campbell Snacks, home of Pepperidge Farm. Pick up your free copy of the Winner's Magazine. Pick up locations are listed at bestofnorthernutah.com. Over 600,000 votes were cast to determine gold and silver winners in 185 business categories. Help congratulate these businesses and let's support all of our local businesses. And thank you for participating in the 2022 Best of Northern Utah Contest. Best of Northern Utah. Hi, this is Ashley Nate, Operations Manager with Cash Valley Bank at our Preston Branch location. In celebration of our new branch in Preston, we would like to invite you and your family to our open house event on Friday, July 22nd. We will have food and prizes at our branch location next to Stokes Market from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. We are excited to bring the valley-grown bank to Preston. Come and celebrate with us and discover what Cash Valley Bank can do for you. Member FDIC. Avoid the stress of renting a shampoo machine and cleaning that dirty upholstery yourself. This is Dow with ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry's hot carbonated extraction process will make any piece of furniture in your home look close to brand new again. Sofas, love seats, recliners, or even car seats. ChemDry of Northern Utah is happy to clean your carpets, but don't forget about making sure everything in your home is the cleanest, healthiest environment for your family. ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry of Northern Utah. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. And once again, we congratulate the winners of this year's Best in Northern Utah competition presented by Campbell Snacks, home of Pepperidge Farm. Businesses like Lee's Plumbing and Cash Title, the Anniversary Inn, and Thomas Edison Charter School. Uh, You want to see who all the winners are? And a great guide to figure out great businesses or services that are available in our community? Go to bestofnorthernutah.com or pick up your own copy of your own magazine. It's free. Uh, over a dozen locations throughout northern Utah to pick one up. It's the Best of Northern Utah contest. Uh, so Utah State, what kind of contests are they having ahead of them in conference play? As we looked at, you know, there's some rivalries in the Mountain West that have been preserved with this. Others... Is it really a rivalry? I guess the Mountain West determined how important is Utah State, Wyoming, and the Bridger Rifle. Eh, apparently not that big. Yeah, apparently not at all. That's, that's a little frustrating there. Uh, the old oil can. Eh, not really that important. Uh, the, what you call it, the cannon? The Fremont Cannon. Fremont Cannon, that's still a thing. Nevada guess, and UNLV will still face each other every I guess year. that's just too cool to get rid of. Like I said, it's the cool, it's the thing that makes me frustrated because Bridger's Rifle would be like one of the coolest trophies 
in all of college football, but there's a freaking cannon in the same <laughs> conference. Best picture is still Zach Vigil lining it up and sighting it after the first first time they won it. Um, so, you know, there's the, the border war between Wyoming and Colorado State. That's preserved. But um, Hawaii and UNLV, there is a little bit of a connection there between the islands and Las Vegas. But for Utah State, it's Boise State and San Diego State. And uh, I, I think that's great. Those are going to be you – know, on the regular, those are really good teams. Yeah. It seems to be more future-looking than tradition-based. Because you have the rivalries, those are tradition-based things. You play them because you play them. Yes. Uh, looking towards the future, you want to see, oh, we, we, we want to see matchups between Utah State, Boise State, and San Diego State. So, like, that seems to be the logic. We want to see those games. There's not as much tradition there. There's just been some good matchups, and those teams seem to be good every year, so we play them against each other. But and that, but it kind of flies in the face with Fresno State. I mean, this this is a more of a regional geography thing for them. They play San Jose and uh, and Nevada. Those are the most geographically close teams. Not always the most competitive, though. They've each team has had moments with Nevada and San Jose, but um, still, it's kind of interesting to see how this all came together and who they chose to. Uh, to, to highlight as regular opponents in this rotating schedule. Yeah, it's kind of like we didn't really expect to. See, we could, we could have, we wouldn't have been surprised if we, were, we would have been told Boise State's one of the teams. That wouldn't have been surprising. No, San Diego State's a surprising one because while I don't think anybody hates it because it's a good matchup and there's been some kind of budding rivalry, some almost rivalry defining moments in the last you know half decade or so. There's so many seemingly better options that you you highlighted there. For San Diego State, regionally, rivalry, it, it didn't seem to make sense, even though, again, most of us seemed to like it. it. It didn't make any sense the way we were analyzing it. Clearly, the Mountain West didn't analyze it the same way we were all doing. No, and I, I like your thought that this is probably more future-looking as just trying to set up best possible opponents to get the best possible teams in a conference championship game for more TV ratings and a path to a better bowl game. Uh, back to our full court press text line nine three one five weighing in. Does next year's football schedule affect this football season in any way? Uh, no. Yeah, it's, it's already said so. No, it doesn't affect it at all. It has no effect whatsoever. Zero five one three. Just put it in the notebook. Flagship CBS between us <laughs> and Boise State. I like that. Uh, maybe as well put the San Diego State series on Fox. Wouldn't mind uh, uh, CBS. Uh, look, these these uh, premier matchups, the Mountain West is going to try to push to be on the, the biggest audiences as possible. They have op- uh, opportunities to be with CBS, the network, and on Fox. Uh, if nothing else, uh, FS1 with a uh, big lead-up and lead-in. So these, these are some interesting la- uh, matchups that the Mountain West is trying to put together, especially for Utah State. Almost brings a terrifying thought is, is the Mountain West going to try and depend on Utah State as a negotiating chip, like using them as leverage to get better TV games, like hoping that Utah State does better in the hopes that they can use that to leverage themselves into better TV games. I don't, that's kind of a terrifying thought because, like, why would you do that? <laughs> well, it puts faith in Blake Anderson and the administration and uh, re- how recruiting is going. Yeah, puts a lot of faith in a team 
uh, that's got a decent history, but not a long history. And that's that's the iffy part about it is it's it's not a long history and it has some big dips in it. Uh, nine three one five. Who gets bigger ratings, Fox or CBS? Uh, I think it depends on the matchup. Probably, uh, I would. Both have had game matchups that have soared and have done very well, while others have had some stinkers. So uh, it really depends on how's the game, what's the lead up, uh, what do the teams look like going into it, and uh, yeah, how is it? Is it an exciting game or not? Yeah, because that that's what determines. Whether or not I'll watch your channel or not is, all right, who's playing? It's like when these guys are hiring, they're paying tons of money to these announcers. Oh, look, we have this announcer. I don't give a crap. Yeah. Who's playing? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Who's calling the game doesn't determine whether or not I watch the game. It's like my mother can be calling the Utah State game and I'd still watch it. Well, I definitely watch it then, but <laughs> but you know, Choshmo off the street—that's a different could, level of entertainment value. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'd, I'd be there to support my mom. Yeah, so. of course. But you know, anybody could call the game. Of course, to be honest, usually I just put the game on mute, so I really don't care who's who's doing it. <laughs> so uh, the the Utah State schedule and its release is up on CashValleyDaily.com. If you want to go read it and see more about the future conference schedule. For USU as it's been released, um, and uh, certainly if you want to weigh in on it and to chime in on the uh, news today, four three five three three nine zero three two one, and to the text line five two four two, texting in just tuning in thoughts on potential Donovan Mitchell trade. We'll be getting to it. Definitely, we'll, we'll get be getting to, to it. We'll be getting to that. It's uh, certainly has uh, heated up after a. a uh, some reports from Tony Jones and Shams Sharania last night from The Athletic just at, near the conclusion of the uh, Summer League in Las Vegas. Uh, so before we get to, to Donovan Mitchell talk, I do want to get to the Summer League. Just Justin Bean, uh, we saw more than than three minutes last night. Yeah, we got like 17 or something like that. Yeah, it was a good showing for Justin. Uh, he got a good run. Uh, and I, I was able to watch. I didn't get to see the first half. I watched... A significant amount in the second half, um, and uh, he was active. Uh, he he looked maybe a little bit lost a few times on defense, reaching and playing defense with his hands. But um, overall, I thought that was a it was a fun performance to see. You know how he how he showed out for the for the Clippers, and hopefully he gets another opportunity when they face the Jazz tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, unfortunately, my bedtime comes a little earlier, so I did not get to watch this. And I've been on a, a rest, lots of rest, uh, for uh, fairly obvious reasons. Yeah, but uh, Justin Bean, in 17 minutes, finished with six points, six boards, uh, an assist, and a steal. Finished with the minus three and the plus minus. But uh, he was active. Uh, he did attempt a three. It, uh, it it hit the rim, clanged off. It wasn't there. You go, hit the rim. That's yeah, what, that's what we're looking for. He got the rim. But he, he had he was he was active. He had some putbacks. Uh, he was uh, moving around, guarding in different positions. It's clear that he's more comfortable sagging to play more defense closer to the rim. But he, in the NBA, he needs to be able to play more defense on the perimeter. Yeah, he really needs to, and that's something that scouts were telling him. You know, he needs to be able to defend on the perimeter. He cannot be a drop big. He's not big enough or tall enough to do that. Uh, he could do that in college. Well, I mean, in college, he could just guard everybody because nobody's fast enough. 
But in the NBA, he needs to show that he can go out and guard people because if you're a six foot seven forward, you have to show that versatility to be able to guard, ideally, two through four. You want to be able to do that and then be able to guard the point guard sometimes, enough to not get cooked constantly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I said that he, I saw him playing defense with his hands a few times, but that's that wasn't every time. There was a couple possessions where he had good footwork. He was staying in front of the def- the uh, the, uh, the person with the ball, uh, the offensive players, what I'm trying to say. Uh, he was able to keep up with them, take away some of the actions that they wanted to do. So uh, it was fun to watch him and, and get a, a good run with uh, with the Clippers. Uh, now he ended up losing to Denver, but um, Justin was playing some solid fourth quarter minutes, and when they started to make a little bit of a run there to make it close, so it was fun to, to see Justin Bean. Really, that's the the really the only action. Yeah, he had those three minutes, but in garbage time a few days ago. But uh, ho- I'm hoping that we see more of him tomorrow when they face the Jazz. I think that's at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, this could be a. I don't know how teams run their summer league. I've not really paid attention to it enough. It may be a kind of thing where they didn't play him early on because they're focusing on some other players, seeing what they got in them, and then now they kind of flip it and see, all right, let's see what we got in this in this Justin kid. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's something else. I, I can't say for certain. I'm not in the inner circle of the Clippers summer league team, surprisingly enough. But for some reason, they decided to give Justin Bean a chance, and it appears that his benchings in those other two games may have just been arbitrary. Yeah, we don't know if it was injury-related. It doesn't appear to be, but uh, he certainly had a nice showing last night. Uh, Namiya Keta, former teammate of his, less of an impact offensively. Really quiet game from Nimi on the court for the Kings. He only had one point. That was shooting one for two at the free throw line. He missed every other field goal attempt. He was 0 for 4. He He didn't attempt a 3 this time. But he did impact the game in other ways. He had a rebound, an assist, and four blocks. And uh, he was a plus 11 on the day for only one point, one rebound, and one assist. But he had those four blocks that uh, he had an impact in the, on the game and was helping his team win. See, that's what you like to be able I'm to sorry see. sorry they actually lost. My bad. Well, come on. <laughs> well, the, the wins and losses aren't really the... The big thing, the big thing in summer league, you know, it's like preseason. You you focus on individual performances, and then kind of in context their stats and whatnot. And that that plus minus is actually a good thing because it does show that even though not much t- statistical output, there was some impact on the game, and it probably shows up in film a lot better. Um, so hopefully that's something that impresses the coaches. They say, all right, this time you didn't have twelve points and ten rebounds and three blocks. But even without that, you were still clearly a positive impact on the game. So hopefully that's a good sign for him as he hopefully works his way out of the two-way contract stage of a career and maybe into you know a, a real roster spot. Yeah, uh, and then finally the Utah Jazz, their first loss in Summer League in Las Vegas, losing to the Toronto Raptors 80-74. to so They kept it close. But uh, Butler, uh, certainly a lot of eyes on him in 27 minutes of play, had 12 points. Six assists, three steals. Uh, he had two rebounds, but he continues to struggle with the shooting. Only five of 16. Two of eight from beyond the arc. Those are some of the things that if he can, he's got to be better at, at scoring when he has the opportunity 
if he wants to be somebody who can legitimately be a rotation guy. He's making other plays. He's a playmaker, but he has to be able to shoot the ball. It's basically the same things we were saying about Trent Forrest. Trent Forrest True. was doing most everything you wanted him to do except shoot and score. Although Forrest was doing pretty decently at scoring inside the arc. Jared Butler can't score from anywhere. Yeah, he's struggling. 5 of 16. Now, we also got a chance to see more of Leandro Balmero. Uh, he's the player that came over in the Minnesota deal. He had 25 minutes on the court for the Jazz. He was 4 of 12 shooting, 1 for 5 from 3. Uh, but he finished with two rebounds, two assists. Uh, did have three turnovers, but had 11 points on the day. So Butler led the team in scoring, followed by Balmero. Um and so, uh, again, here's a guy that uh, has length and, and can play defense but is struggling a little bit to score with yeah, much he, efficiency. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to have any real any offensive utility. He can't score. So his best bet at this point just feels like, just try and work on that three-point shot. Please just work on that. Become a 3 and D player because clearly you're, he, he's not able to you know be a playmaker, an offensive scorer. He, he just needs to try and lean into that that three and D, maybe some playmaking that he that he flashed when he was a, a prospect. Yeah, very true. Uh, so tomorrow, uh, games are underway for the, the the guys that we're paying attention to. I don't think any of the key people that we're watching play today. I'm just going over it one more time. They don't. So we'll see the the Clippers, the Kings, and the Jazz all play tomorrow. Clippers and Jazz play each other at three o'clock in the Thomas and Mac that'll be on ESPN2. The Kings are at 6. They play the Suns, and uh, that will be the final day of the regular part of uh, Summer League. And then they have their own little playoff that they do. Playoffs? Yeah. Playoffs? I can almost do that voice now that my, ho- my voice is <laughs> so cracked. Pretty close. Uh, all right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. We're going to come back uh, briefly just a-, a little bit more on Donovan Mitchell. We'll also get into our pick six, the six things we think might happen this weekend, that's coming up in about four minutes from now. Uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive, uh, the it's a repair, uh, auto repair opportunity that's on the go and ready to get to your car and get it uh, taken care of quickly. It's locally owned, operated, uh, certified. Guy knows what he's doing, and uh, he can get to you if your car's in your parking uh just there and parked in your garage or on your driveway or out on the street somewhere, he can come to you and get you uh, the help that you need. Grantham Mobile Automotive, 435-229-4345. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity. Discover animals from around the world and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence in a beautiful new office complex at 2245 North, 400 East North Logan, just south of the Cache Valley Hospital. 
The entire staff and Drs. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East North Logan. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. You just finished your eye exam. What next? Well, of course, it's time to pick your frames and glasses. Did you know you have a choice where you get those from? May we suggest Crystal Vision in Logan. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision. Their opticians are trained to fit your glasses to you, not the masses. Take your current prescription in and let Crystal Vision fit your glasses to you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. This is Ryan My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing or what you'll find. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac. Power you can count on. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mountain West Motor has every truck and SUV on their lot that's unique and customized so you'll be ready for your next adventure. You'll be equipped with all the right gear when you get a vehicle there. Now open at 615 North Main in Logan or visit them online, mwmotor.com. <coughs> so last night on uh, on Twitter, and uh, gosh, when was that? It was about... Way to start a sentence. Last night on Twitter. Yeah, last night on Twitter. Uh, I think it was around <laughs> 9 o'clock. Yeah, it was like right before I went to bed. Like I was going to bed, and all of a sudden the news comes through. Yeah, I think it was, oh, it was before, it was more like 9.30, 9.45 maybe. Um, when it came through, but doesn't matter. Basically, Sham Sharania, Tony Jones also... Uh, reporting that the Jazz and the Knicks have entered discussions into deal a deal to send Donovan Mitchell to New York. Yeah, they unofficially officially began talking. <laughs> right, right. Uh, New York has Utah's focus currently among interested teams. As well, they should. You know, the the Knicks, in my opinion, are the best trade partner for the Jazz. 
for, I mean, I mean, there's a couple of reasons, but mainly your hope when you trade away one of these stars is that the team they go to starts being bad really quickly. And the Knicks have that potential. I mean, you look at the roster they'd construct. I mean, where were they at? I mean, where did they finish last year? They missed the playoffs. They didn't, didn't even they? make the playoffs. So, like, how far does Donovan Mitchell really carry them into the playoffs? They do add Jalen Brunson too, so like, he's not the only addition. So, I mean, they were they were eleventh. They were just outside the play-in. Yeah, by by six games. Yeah. So, like, okay, so plus six games. Let's say Donovan Mitchell gives them six games. Jalen Brunson gives them like two or three. That gets them almost to nine. <laughs> and that's assuming everything goes right. And assuming that any, you know, their roster doesn't get gutted by the fact that you also have to send salary filler and whatnot so you lose some depth. So everything goes right, and Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson work perfectly, and nothing goes disastrously wrong because nothing has ever gone disastrously wrong for the Knicks, right? No, right, never. So they, that gets them to nine, maybe eight. So, like, and that's the first season where it's supposed to be the best. And after that, it can just get closer and closer to going downhill. You know, one misstep and things just start going downhill. And then suddenly it's like with Boston when they made their trade with the Nets, like suddenly Boston didn't have to to bottom out, but their rebuild included two number three overall picks and a number five overall pick. You know, that that's the team Danny Ainge built. You know, he didn't have to tank, but – he got like three players that you would get from tanking. So that's why the Knicks are like my favorite trade partner because they're the most likely to just absolutely explode and give the Jazz multiple lottery picks and, you know, maybe in something that's like 2026 or so, you know, range picks, you're looking at maybe one of the top picks. Yeah, they have eight future picks They have that they for their own and others that they've accumulated. They do have some young talent. They have some current players that uh, are pretty solid and uh, are up and coming. They have a few that are established as well. Um, I don't know that you necessarily get an immediate all-star in exchange, but R.J. Barrett in the right system could could blossom into that kind of a player. He's, he averaged about 21 points last year. Yeah, and the tricky thing is when you're when you're doing these blow-it-up trades with a superstar, it's hard to like analyze like which players do you want back because – in a long-term rebuild, how many of these players are going to be around? R.J. Barrett could be a player that's around. You know, are other players realistically actually going to be around? I think Quentin Grimes, his name has been thrown around, maybe. He's like a fringe starter, bench, maybe rotation player type at his best. Is he really worth keeping around for five or six years? I mean, maybe, but usually those players end up being journeymen. They leave your team after a contract or two. So it's hard to say, all right, which players do you want? Because, like, are they all going to be here? We've had this conversation with all the players we got from the Timberwolves. Is any one of those, like, five players that we got from them going to be here? I'd argue probably not. Walker Kessler's, like, the one chance. Yeah, it's uh, kind of betting on the future rather than getting what you need for now. But it, 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 it also allows the Jazz to be somewhat of a competitive team. If those players that are being rumored come over from New York, is Utah a playoff team with that selection? Uh, you still have Boyan, you still have Mike Connolly, you still have Jordan Clarkson. So there's some some good pieces here who know what it means to be a good 
competitive team. Yeah. Well, it depends if they end up trading any of Conley and Boyan and Clarkson. Because those guys are getting suitors like Boyan and Clarkson, I think, are getting they're getting calls about them. So it, it just depends how many of those guys they keep. Because you could form a fringe play-in team if, you know, if things go out. Right now the roster is out of whack because there's too many short guards. Yes. But with some trades and, and potential retrades of some of the guys they're bringing in, they could formulate a half-decent borderline play-in roster. It's possible. Last year's play-in teams in the West, Minnesota, New Orleans, Clippers, Spurs. That does worry me slightly because, uh, like, three of those guys had stars. The West is, di- is deep. So maybe maybe not. All right, we, we do need to take another quick timeout. When we come back, we'll uh, uh, rush to pick six, six things we think might happen this upcoming weekend. Grantham Automotive Repair knows how busy you are. I'm like the busiest person alive. We know there's never enough time in your day. I make instant oatmeal in the microwave. We know it's not always convenient to get your car fixed, so we will come to you. Introducing Grantham Automotive with over 10 years' experience. Our master ASC technician is licensed and insured and headed your way. Book your service appointment by calling 435-229-4345. Hi, this is Ashley Phelps with LSS Insurance. Are you getting ready to retire but your spouse isn't 65 yet? We can help. We focus on health insurance so we can provide you the best possible service and information. Come the third Thursday, July 21st at 7 p.m. to our free seminar. We'll empower you with the information you need to make a confident decision. Come see us at LSS Insurance the third Thursday, July 21st at 7 p.m. Call 752-9493 to RSVP. And of course, walk-ins are always welcome. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Ah, that hot weather killing your battery? Get a $20 rebate on a new Napa Legend Premium or AAA batteries. Go check it out at Napa Auto Parts. They've got five locations between Preston and Providence. All right, pick six time. Uh, Jason, you won in your first pick six uh, on the show, and then you've you, you and I have been missing each other on every other yeah. Thursday since then. So uh, since you won last, I'll give you the choice. Do you want to go first or do you want to defer? I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. I'll, I'll do my three first. All right, let's get to it. All right, so first, Jared Butler assists in the final regular summer league game, whatever we're calling that final game before the playoffs. Uh, over, under, seven and a half. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over. Hmm, okay. Uh. Next one, uh, Yankees and Red Sox. Yankees and Red Sox have a three-game series this weekend. Who wins the series? Just straight up, Yankees or Red Sox? I'm gonna go with the Yankees. I'm gonna go with the Yankees too. That's okay. Uh, right. Final one, uh, block shots by Namiash Keta in Friday's game versus the Suns. Over under two and a half. Uh, block shots by Nimi. Yeah. Uh, how many? Two and a half. Two and a half. Um, I'm gonna take the. Uh, I'm gonna take the over. I'm also taking the over. <laughs> uh, I okay. I got to scratch one of mine off because we had the exact same one, <laughs> the exact we? same line. Really? Okay. Justin Bean points versus the Jazz, setting the line at seven and a half. Uh, I'm gonna go under. 
Okay, I'm going to take the over. Okay, um, Real Salt Lake plays Sporting KC this weekend. Uh, Real Salt Lake over Sporting KC by two and a half goals. Wait, beating them by two and a half goals? Yes. Uh, under? <laughs> so beating them by less than two and a half goals. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I'll take the over. I'm feeling they're they're going to win by three or more. Yeah. I like the I like confidence. Oh, sure. Why not? Uh, then finally, uh, the Mets and the Cubs are on a series in Chicago. In a four-game series, New York wins by three and a half. Like the? The series. Uh, go under. All right, I'm going to go over. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Open Championship at St. Andrews is officially underway, but if you were hoping to watch Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, or Phil Mickelson play live, you're out of luck. To start this week's major, the Royal and Ancient designated many live golfers early start times. We're not sure why they decided to take those steps, but keeping a competing league stars out of the spotlight might be a major factor. The RNA has done its best to defend itself from the Saudi League competition, as has the PGA Tour. But the Tour might not be able to keep those players out of the spotlight forever. Dustin Johnson is very talented and could win this. Louis Oosthuizen won the Open here in 2010, and Kepka has a history of showing up for majors. It's impossible to say how these golfers will fare this weekend, but no matter how hard they try to hide these players, they can't do anything if one of them is in contention on Sunday. And then, we're going to have a really interesting couple of days in golf. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is above the noise.